In March 2021, cinema auteur and filmmaking genius Zack Snyder teamed up with HBO Max to present Justice League, The Snyder Cut, his true vision for his intended original movie. Snyder, who'd been unceremoniously dumped from the film, watched as his true passion and vision were stripped away by some jerk who cut out all the good parts. The Snyder Cut went on to change the face of all cinema, television, and really all art that would come to follow. Now, HBO Max, aroused and erect at the smell of so much potential to profit, has teamed up with the most important podcast in the history of media to bring you yet another Artur's true vision of beauty and greatness. We are proud to present Friendsman, the JP Cut. As everyone in the entire world knows, Friendsman was originally named Central Pod, a wholesome, episodic show where Nate and his lovely wife Nikki, who is totally fine, why do you ask, would discuss their shared love of the television show, The Friends Show. Sadly, Central Pod ended when Nikki decided she didn't like The Friends anymore and was not particularly fond of recording episodes inside a small closet with Nate. But Nate was undeterred. He called in a ringer to join the show and pick up where Nikki left off on episode four of season one. Now, uninvited, JP has gone back and recorded his own parts for the first three episodes of Friendsman to replace Nikki's audio tracks with his own. Sure, the episodes now make no sense and are quantifiably and substantively worse with this intrusion, but this is the vision JP has always seen. And now, the Friendsmen are bringing this home to you. In partnership with HBO Max, the Friendsmen present the JP Cut, coming soon to wherever they sell podcasts. Like Napster? I don't know. Welcome to Friendsmen. This is the Friends Show about friends, where we do friends things. And friendship and friends. I, oh, I always forget that part. Thank you so much, <laughs> Um, I am Nate, and I'm here with my very best friend in the entire world. Uh, you know him. You love him. His name is JP. JP, how you doing? Nate. I am doing really well today. I'm really, really excited about our guest today. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. I will try to not be a fanboy about things, but um, it's really just absolutely wonderful. But I love it Nate, when you're a fanboy, dude. It's, it's cute. I, I get giddy. It's cute as I hell. get giddy. I, <laughs> Nate, how you doing? I'm doing fine, JP. It's my daughter's birthday today. We're going to have a little party after this. Uh, it was her birthday yesterday, but... We're doing I the party saw the today. picture online. She is so adorable. JP Jr. is going to have a lot of uh, competition. He's got to cute it up because she's winning the cute competition right now. That's right. That's right. My my son's name is JP Jr. As far as you know, um, we got I her mean, a little uh, truck. JP, we got ooh. her a little remote control truck. Oh, that's awesome! And she and loves wait it. Waited. Waited. Just kind of buck gender norms. That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, who cares about that, right? That's stupid shit. Um. So for our listeners, I know that we, you know that we do this on a Zoom call. I do need to inform you all that Nate is in his murder room wearing a shirt designed so that he blends into the murder room. I can only assume for better murdering. It's my shed. I soundproofed it, JP. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> and I am wearing a shirt with the exact same pattern as the soundproofing in my shed. And, it's, great. Uh, it's, like, uh, it's like that movie that really stands up and everyone agrees should be Criterion, uh, Garden State. It, it is like a garden state. Uh, mm -hmm. I noticed it right after I sent the Zoom link. There's <laughs> nothing I can do about it right now. Uh, so well. we're going to go forward with me being a floating head here. Um, I'll probably take a picture of it and release it later. Um, we, you, should, you should get a screen of that. So without further ado, and to do not waste <laughs> any of this time, um, our guest today is, is, I'm just so excited about this. I'm a huge fan. Uh, you may know him from Hello from the Magic Tavern. Uh, where he plays Chunt, the technically shapeshifter, but almost always just referred to as a talking badger. Um, you may know him from Hey Riddle Riddle, or you may know him from as the uh, the host of Gespionage in the Jackbox games. I believe that's Jackbox Party Pack 3. At any rate, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I am very honored to introduce Adel Rafai. Adel, how you doing? 
Jay. I'm doing great. Wow, what an intro. Thank you so much, JP. I, I love that you. during during that intro, you're you're pulling on your hair in such a way that it looked like you're holding your head on. <laughs> I expected to see like a like a green ribbon around your neck tied. JP does his hair. You'll notice me. I do my mustache. I play with my mustache while Ooh, we record. Oh, yeah. You have mm. one of those strongman mustaches. Actually, Thank I, you actually, so I see. much. He needs, he needs a unitard, and he needs to be like, hop, hop, hop. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always carry around a medicine ball? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd ride I a big like, bicycle around. I feel like that's the next trend for hipsters is like a medicine ball or one of those, what are those bikes where it's like one big wheel, one small yeah. wheel? Big oh. wheel bike, yeah. What are those called? Uh, uh, Velocipede, something like that. There's, there's some weird Velociraptor, that's right. That's a Velociraptor. It's a Velociraptor. Clever girls, they're clever girls. <laughs> I, I did a, um, very pretentious hipster bike ride around DC a couple of years ago. Um, and everybody wore like tweed and basically just looked like shitty, uh, uh, uh cocktail bartenders. Um, it was cool as hell, dude. <laughs> it was, it was really fun. It was really fun. And, um, there was, I, I rode the entire time with a guy who was riding one of those. They really exist in the world and there are people who own them and ride them. And that's it's, fantastic. They're bonkers. There's a few people in Chicago who ride, they're hipsters who ride like 22 foot tall bikes. And it's just this thing of like, what are we I've doing? Like, that, is yeah. this enjoyable? Or <laughs> I, I, I always love, I, I, I think hipsters are great, but it, it's, I always enjoy when I see like a, I don't know if you call it a pod or a murder of hipsters, but I always enjoy seeing multiple <laughs> in the same spot. Like I used to go to this festival in Chicago called Pitchfork, which is just like I'm sure you know Pitchfork, the um, uh, the music yeah. uh, review site. Yeah, but they had a they have a um, uh, yearly festival. But I always enjoyed going to that because I'd see a clumping of like 30 hipsters, and like they'd all be like, "Be an individual, man," and then like 18 of them would have the same connect the dot tattoo on their calf, and I'm like, <laughs> "It's so funny that." The, the pride of a hipster is that they're such an individual and yet they all look exactly the same and make the same choices. And I'm like, it's just fascinating. I, That's I, true. I, I have to admit, I am very glad to see that kind of hipster as a, as, as a brand almost kind of like fading away. Cause they yeah. had, they had the spotlight for a number of years it, 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 I, on the front end. It was even like cool to be a hipster. And then it just became this absolute slur. I think being an appropriate level of hipster about, one or two things in your life is okay. You just have to recognize when you're starting to get annoying about it. That's the rule sure, I have for myself. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Nate, am, am, am I becoming a uh, bread hipster now that I made Kaiser rolls for the first time? It's getting a little too much, Did you much, see them? Dude. Did you see them? They're really, <laughs> oh my God, dude. They looked so really good, good dude. It you was, braided I, them up? I braided them. I literally, you you fold them, like you braid them into a knot, kind of like a, a challah bread, and um, I, they, but they turn into the Kaiser rolls. Sorry. You're so Adam, obnoxious I, I the way you were tweeting about I, your bread. I, I cook and, and I just tried baking for the first time and I was really proud of the results. That's outstanding. I will say, uh, speaking of sort of um, cooking or, or, or cocktailing, yourself i think that the limit for me and for hipsters is i once went to somebody's party and the guy the the host was a hipster and he was bartending in his own little you know setup in the kitchen and he would if you got a drink a cocktail with mint in it he would cut the mint from a plant which is fine mm-hmm. and then he would put it in his palm and like spank it yeah and and he was like this releases all the flavor and i'm like yeah <laughs> I, I was like honestly i don't want this mint anymore and like <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like you crossed a, a certain, uh, like an unknown threshold to me. I didn't even know that that was my, that was my line, but you crossed he says, it. He says the mint's flavor is bad. Yeah. And you gotta, oh you gotta God. give it a little. Spank this mint. Gotta I was give like, a little oh, spank yeah, no, thank sometimes. you. I don't want your abused yeah. mint. Okay. <laughs> that is what you gotta do to the, re- to release the flavors though. That is true. Scientific. <laughs> mm-hmm. A little S and M. S of course, standing for spank and mint. Uh, obviously. I, I yeah, think everybody of course, knows of that. Course. Um, so Adel, so you, you are in Chicago. That's right. There, okay. How long have you been in the Chicago area? Are you from there originally? Uh, I'm from, I was born in central Illinois in a little town called Galesburg, Illinois. And then my family moved all over the U S. So I spent a few years in Las Vegas. I spent a few years in Columbus, Ohio, just kind of bounced around. And then we settled back into, uh, Illinois when my parents got divorced and then uh, went to went to college in Bloomington Normal ISU, and then after college moved up to Chicago. And I, I, I take it just uh, knowing a little bit of your resume that uh, it was the appeal of the improv scene in Chicago. 
is actually the appeal of the theater community. So I would, oh, nice. I did, I did improv in college, but my love was like theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved up to Chicago to like do, uh, you know, hopefully film and TV and theater and everything. And then a I great got, place for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I, and then I just started to do more improv up here and fell in love with it and was like, Oh, this is all I want to do for the rest of my life. And everything else kind of fell away. I went to the second city teen program for like yeah. 10 years. And That's then, awesome. Uh, I like to brag on Nate. I, I, he was a child actor. He was in uh, a, a, a feature film and he uh-huh. also, I think what's relevant here, JP is that I was in a few plays at Steppenwolf. Yeah. Yes. He was in Steppenwolf, including with Laurie Metcalf in a play. Mm-hmm. That's Oh, hot damn. Yeah. Met- right. He's hot shit. Laurie Metcalf from Roseanne. From Roseanne. <laughs> very nice lady. She was very nice to me. My sister is friends with her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I can I guess what movie you're in as a child? Yeah, sure. The Sandlot. No, I wasn't in Sandlot. That's a little bit before my time. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> <laughs> the Goonies. Was it the Goonies? <laughs> Were you the oatmeal cream pie? Uh, what was the movie? What was the my movie? generation? I auditioned for the little boy in the Sixth Sense. Oh, holy crap! When do you hear back? When are you going to hear back? I was at that audition. I'm still waiting, JP. I'm that still is, waiting to hear back. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. That's wonderful. Were you, were you yeah. in a movie as well? I was in a movie. It's called One Small Hero. It's like a children's movie. Uh, JP, didn't Jeff say it was on HBO Max, Max uh, or something? It's, it's, it's on one of the streaming services, and we're trying to put together a night where we can all watch it together with you or without you and just text you furiously. It's a It's a movie about... It's like Die Hard with kids. <laughs> you sold then, me. I will. I will rent this tonight. If if, I, if somebody I, walks into my house and says, "I have a movie for you," it's Die Hard with kids. I'm downloading it before they can finish their sentence. It might also That's, interest you to know. Good idea. The other project I did was a children's version of Seinfeld. Okay. Can I ask just just to backtrack slightly in in this movie? What was it called? The Littlest Action Hero. No. One small hero. <laughs> one small hero. And one small hero, do do you like chew cigarette gum and say, I'm getting too young for this shit? Yeah, yeah. I'm covered in blood. <laughs> I wear an A-frame t-shirt. And I'm constantly spewing racial slurs and talking about how much of a bitch my wife is. Um, and this was for children. Yeah, it's for children. Interesting note, at the end of the movie, all the children band together and murder the bad guy. Wow. And that was pointed out to me like a few years ago by one of my friends who's seen uh, the movie. I never really realized. Can I just can I just say if I if I had been in a movie as a child, I would everyone I meet would know about it. Like I would not sh- if I was like in Hook is like if I had one line in yeah. Hook, that would be I would ride that wave for my entire life. Yeah. Every yeah, everywhere always. I went, like if there was a delivery man, I'd be like I'd say some. I'd say a line from Hook, and when they're like, "What?" I'd be like, "I." You might know me from Hook. So it's it's slightly embarrassing for me because I was eleven years old at the time, and part of the movie is that my character is smaller than everybody else. Okay. So they cast me against like fifteen and sixteen year olds to make me, and they just said that we were all the same age to make me look very very small. <laughs> of and course. It, it, it's funny. It's a funny it's a funny thing that happened to me. And it was a great Me. experience for me too. It was really I fun. I, I really want to watch this now. I we I have I'm to sorry watch that it I haven't. I'm so um, I'm I am beyond excited to watch this. Yeah. You can come. Oh, yeah, 100%. You can come watch it. I will. I will. So how long have you been in uh Chicago in the in the the theater and improv scene up there? Uh I've been here for about 15 I want to say 15 16 years. And I, yeah, I, when I, um, so ISU, uh, and this, this will make sense to, to both of you, I think I, ISU, Illinois state university has a wonderful theater department sure. and that is actually the school that Steppenwolf sprung out of. Right. Um, so, so the Steppenwolf original cast of like Sinise, Joan Cusack, um, Laurie Metcalf, uh, um, the guy from the dad from Brady Bunch remake movie, Gary Cole, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Malkovich, they all started at ISU. And then when they got to Chicago, they started the storefront Steppenwolf. Almost went to ISU. I went to uh, Chapman University for a while and then I uh, dropped out after one year. And then I went to Columbia College, which is a film school in the Valley. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, that's wonderful. But, but yeah, Steppenwolf came out of ISU. And so they do a wonderful thing where when you're a senior at ISU, they have a showcase at Steppenwolf. And so I did that showcase 
And then from the, and they invite like agents and all this stuff. So from my showcase, I got an agent and I got a scholarship to second city. So that's how I kind of got into the Chicago improv scene is like someone saw me, my senior year of college and was like, come to second city and we'll pay for your classes and your studies and everything. So that's great. um, So that that was kind of my foot in the door and, Second City, also a great place. I loved my time there. It was just oh, so yeah. much it's fun. It's a blast, yeah, yeah. I, I, I went to college in uh, Colonial Williamsburg, and they literally did have a program where you could uh, you could uh, get assistance and, and, and pay for being a reenactor in Colonial Williamsburg. So That's not, outstanding. Not quite the lead-in, <laughs> but, you know, you got to cut your teeth. You did you do that, JP? Cooper, You've right? never really answered my question. Did you do that? <laughs> No, unfortunately, I didn't. I did uh, work at a candy shop in Colonial Williamsburg for a bit, but I didn't have to wear a costume or anything. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't mean to uh, assume or be offensive, but did you graduate with a major in sweet tea and lemonade? <laughs> with a minor in gazebas? <laughs> JP talks like that when he gets really legal. He starts. I, talking. No, no, no. When I if I have too many drinks, the Baltimore comes out. But. Uh, <laughs> The That's thing great. I learned about, I, I didn't know anything about the South until I went to school there. And I will tell you, the first thing I learned about the South, they put ranch on everything. Wow. The pizza chains in Colonial Williamsburg would have their quote unquote secret sauce to dip your pizza in. It was just ranch dressing. My roommate would put ranch on his scrambled eggs. It was like, what? this is weird. What is this ranch culture? My brain wants to be disgusted, but my heart is like, that sounds actually great. They might have a point. <laughs> I, my, my freshman 15 was more of a 30, and it was because Chick-fil-A was on the meal plan. And I would just eat Chick-fil-A six days a week, and I would get their ranch and dip everything in ranch. I, Same I really thing with an outburger, yeah. Yeah, I use their Polynesian sauce for everything. What's, um, uh, I think, did, did Nate just say when you get legal? Are you a, are you a lawyer? Yes, yes. So when I am not podcasting and streaming and otherwise uh, too much on Twitter, I am yeah. a lawyer. I uh, wow. It, it, I have to assume JP stands for Justice Prevails. Yes. <laughs> That's much nicer than what other people have assumed. One hundred percent accurate. That's what it is. Yeah. No. I I used to work for uh, the DEA, and I ended up uh, a whistleblower. Uh, I was on sixty Minutes, testified for the U.S. Senate. Um, it's a it's a weird. It's been wow. a weird ride. So. Holy cow! You really set set <laughs> a doll up for the for the spit take right there, JP. Yeah. I sh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so, Adel, how did you how did you get together with? I, I guess I should say it this way: we talk we talk about friendship a lot on the show, and kind of the people that we've become friends with by doing this, and just talking about sure. their lives. Um, I don't think, and maybe I'm out of, out of place to say this, I don't think Hello from the Magic Tavern would be the joy that it is if it wasn't for the very real, or at least seemingly real, affection that you seem to have with your co-hosts. I also feel that way about Hey Riddle Riddle. Um, oh, thank and, you. And, and so how did you, how did you, how did you guys get together and, and, and how did you meet um, Matt and Arnie? Uh, it's interesting with, with both groups, it's, it's kind of the same answer, which is, uh, same answer, but roles reversed. So, uh, I met Matt and Arnie when I, when I had just graduated classes at IO Chicago, uh, improv, uh, uh, school in, in Chicago. Um, there was a gentleman by the name of Jason Chin, who was my sort of, um, my biggest champion and also sort of my mentor and eventually one of my best friends and my, and uh, at some point my roommate, um, he, he saw, I did a workshop with him, I believe when I was just finishing up my, my classes and he was like, Hey, I do the show called world news tonight, which was a very popular long running show at IO at the time. And that I was a huge fan of. And he's like, come sit in on the second half of the show and, uh, we'll see how you do. So I, I, um, I went to the show, did the second half, uh, got asked back and I kept doing the second half, eventually did the full show and then eventually got added as a full-time member and Matt and Arnie were both original members of that show. I think it originated in 2001. I came on 2007 or eight. Um, and that was how I, that was how I met them. And I was, I was brought on as a full-time cast member as Jordan Klepper. If you know him, he was transitioning sure. out to, to move to New York. Um, so I, I played with Jordan and then, and then I, as he left, I was brought on full-time and then I became fast friends with Arnie and Matt. And then, um, what I mean by same story is eventually I got to be sort of the, not the, not the head person, but I was sort of, um, gifted the, the role of, um, bringing on new talent for world news. And then, um, 
through my friendship and appreciation of the two of them, I brought on JPC and Aaron Keefe into the show of World News. And then from there, we became even closer friends. And that's how Hey Riddle started. So so all under one roof of World News Tonight is, is both podcasts. Adel, do you know Alex Haney? I do know Alex Haney. Alex Haney's my friend. We were, we were oh, in Second City awesome. together. Yeah. That, he is phenomenal. So I funny. know. He's so, so, funny. so funny. I know he was at IO. That's why I ask. Yeah. Uh, I just... I just started listening to Hello from the Magic Tavern this week because JP oh, told me awesome. you were coming on, and I think it's my new show that I'm going to power through. Oh, I was hoping. Yeah. I was hoping. I really like it's, it. it's so good. I and and Adam, I, it's I, very whoever, funny. Whoever came up with the concept of the 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 split in in the dimension when the pandemic <laughs> hit that was that was really like it was a really wonderful. That's way awesome. to 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 explain the why we're not in the same place and and just yeah. you guys. You, you, I'll, the, I'll say it was my idea. Why not? Yeah, it was nice, a great, nice. it was a good great job, idea. dude. It was a great Thank idea. you. I um, love the storytelling. It's just so much fun. <laughs> if you talk, if you talk to Alex, tell him I'd love to have him on the show. Also, he oh, has for one, sure. I'll let him. He know. has one of the bits I've laughed the hardest at in my life, which was he was doing an improv show. I think maybe in Nashville at a festival. Okay. And he was he was playing a cab driver, and another improviser was behind him playing the passenger. Yeah. And they were talking for a while, and then the the improviser in the back playing the passenger said like, oh, I see you have a, a, a picture on your um, rear view mirror. Is that your, is that your uh, son? And he goes, no, it's just a kid I know. And I, <laughs> and, and I, I think about that joke to this day where I'm like, that's one of the, that's one of the funniest have, things I've ever heard. That's I have one good. too. I have one too. We were doing blackout improv, like just, you know, one, one joke blackout. And yeah, yeah. we started what I thought was pretty obviously washing a car. Sure. And he looked at me and he goes, this is a big fat baby. <laughs> he's such a really weird funny. brain. So <laughs> yeah, funny. He's so, so good. Funny. <laughs> One of the things that really actually grabbed me was um, a couple of people that I went to college with who were in uh, at, at William and Mary. It's called IT Improvisational Theater. Um, I, I was I was friends with them for for all my years. Uh, Martin Wilson it has always been one of the funniest people I've ever known, and I just I loved. I didn't even know it was him as Blemish until like many times later. And I was just astounded. And uh, I think Greg Hess and Joey Bland have all been on. So it's, it's crazy. It's a small world that these, these guys I knew when I was in college are doing this show with you. And I just, it's amazing. You, 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 I I guess you're still seeking out talent and still like bringing on people from IO. Yeah, well, one I have to say that's wild that they all—I didn't know they all went to college together because that is—that's an absolute murderer's row of <laughs> improvisers. Like that's in, that's incredible. Um, th- that's an embarrassment of riches. Uh, yeah, so we we typically uh, week to week we we try and um, bring on our friends from from IO or from Second City or anywhere in the in the improv community. And so I'd say like that's 95% of our asks are our friends or people we we really uh, respect and enjoy their work. And then the other 5% is like if we land a big name who's a fan or if we land someone interesting, uh, of course, we'll also bring them on just, just sure. for change of pace. I was very surprised at how body Felicia Day was. <laughs> she worked very blue, bluer than I, I even felt comfortable. <laughs> it, it's funny with both Felicia Day and Rachel Bloom, uh, they they were big fans of the show and like reached out to us in terms of like their appreciation of the show and were like, please come on. And and both of them are so wonderfully talented and so so just just magnificent people. And they were both like, I know the show so well. And then they play their characters and immediately were just like so filthy. And I was like, oh, that's great. Whoa. And then I was like, oh yeah, we are pretty filthy. <laughs> but it is it, it was weird to have it reflected back at me where I'm like, wow, they're really going going like dirty and then i was like oh wait i do that all the time so it's just it's funny to have that uh reflected back oh that's awesome i i i, I could talk to you about it all day but i we, we do need to talk about friends i want to ask because nate's a new listener okay do you have a favorite episode or one that you think is a good jumping on point i will tell you my recommendations were first episode the first flower episode the first crom episode um and i also i love the uh the 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 arnie the 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 is it, 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 the therapist is saying that Foon isn't real. I, I think that's a brilliant one. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the book of oh, my my fiance just pointed out the book club. I got yeah. her into it when we first moved to Texas. We were we we brew and we we're brewing outside and we just listened to like six hours of of Magic Tavern. Um, oh, she that's loves awesome. The book club one. Anyway, sorry. Uh, do you have a, a recommend a recommended uh, 
this is the episode that's either the funniest or the best entry point? Um, int- that uh, that's such a hard question because it all I I was such a big Friends fan in the day and I watched it all, but I haven't I haven't rewatched it up until uh, for this podcast. So it's all it's all kind of jumbled together in one big lump. Um, but I I will say just highlights. I, I, I mean, to me, Chandler was my favorite. And then I think at some point in the series, there's such a switch to, to Ross becoming the best character. So yeah. I, I feel like the, the episode that really solidified Ross as the best character was maybe where somebody at the planetarium keeps stealing his lunch and he keeps, <laughs> he gets like more and more angry. And then the there's also, maker. yeah. And then there's also an episode where he tries out leather pants <laughs> yeah. the and the paste. Oh, the paste. Yeah. And he, um, I don't, for whatever reason, it's, I suddenly had this great respect for David Schwimmer as like a physical comedian where I'm like, his face does so much. He's so expressive. He's his such body, an incredible t- actor. Yeah. He's like, yeah. he's like a modern day Charlie Chaplin where I'm like, yes. I don't think he gets the respect as like a physical comedian. You are um, speaking our language so much yeah, right now. Just, just wildly talented. So I, I think those, those two episodes. And then, I mean, I, I gotta say the one where, where Chandler puts on they put on each all of each other's clothes or whatever. Or Joey puts on all of Chandler's clothes. Joey puts on all of Chandler's yeah. clothes. Yep. Yep. Just, Classic yeah. friends moment. Classic friends. I, I, I did notice I, when I said, uh, you know, we're going to watch this episode so I can get you access to it. And you were just like, nope, got it. Like, it seems <laughs> oh, yeah. like you were, you were, you were, you were primed and ready to, to rewatch this show. Yeah. I was, I was excited to go back. Cause again, I, I think, I think the series ended right after I got out of college, maybe, or when I was in college. And I haven't, I haven't gone back. And I, kn- I know a lot of people say it, uh, some of it doesn't hold up, which I'm sure is true. Um, Early but season ex- stuff is kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. I was excited to, to, to rewatch any of it just to be like, yeah. Oh yeah. I will say about this episode, this is a classic friends episode. I tell JP that just like there was best of SNL DVDs before mm-hmm. they started putting out all the seasons of friends, there was a best of friends DVD with like six of the best episodes on it. And this one was one of the episodes. All right. So, so let's, let's get into it. Uh, We are talking about the one with the baby on the bus. Um, That title really just says it all. This is a, uh, I, I, it's a banger of an episode. I, I honestly, so I'm in the same boat at all. I, I haven't watched it since it aired for the most part. I've caught reruns here and there, but um, you know, Nate, Nate had the opposite experience where he and his wife have watched it so much over the years. So I'm, 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 I'm seeing it with fresh eyes in a lot of ways. And man, this episode, I laughed out loud. I laughed out loud. This was a good episode. Start to finish. Very fun. Um, first, you know, I think general, we, we first okay. have to comment all six of these actors, I mean, just some of the most beautiful humans in the world. Like yes. all six of them are just like, like stop what you're doing. Drop, drop your coffee on the sidewalk as you gawk and just go, all six of these humans are just beautiful. I, and, and, and although their hair is sometimes a mess, I will say, uh, even though it looks like it's a helmet, uh, uh, David Schwimmer's hair was just like impeccable in this episode. Mm-hmm, Matthew mm-hmm. Perry, just still a snack. Just absolutely. Oh, JP, yeah. I, I have a note here that says, uh, and I think this is really true, is that Phoebe would be huge on social media or TikTok or something <laughs> like that. She you would sick. absolutely clean up. People would Smelly cat her. challenge. I, I, exactly. I, and I okay. And, and, and this, so this episode, I, and we'll get into this, just kind of the, the, the plot. Let me just do the brief plot synopsis. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, sixth episode of the second season. Um, it aired November 2nd, 1995. Joey and Chandler accidentally leave Ben on a bus while babysitting. Phoebe uh, gets fired from Central Park singing gig and is replaced by a professional. That does not begin to explain how many big things happened in this episode. I also was astounded at the number of cameos in this episode, which weren't even like celebrated. They were just like, there, there wasn't that throwaway. Yeah. First of all, first of all, we had the second appearance of Alf Dad as the manager of the coffee shop. What's we his name? Terry. Had, he's Alf Dad. I don't know. He's Alf's dad. I, I'm the character's name. JP Terry. <laughs> I don't. I don't. The really boss don't know. at Central. He Bert. came on the screen, and Claire immediately was like, "It's Alf Dad." That guy. He was the guy who kept touching his head. 
Yeah. And asked that that guy, I didn't realize that was the dad from Alf. Mm-hmm. That guy was chewing the scenery. I was like, yes, please, was. you are you are acting for the theater, my man. And you are on TV. Please, he, please pull it back ninefold. It, he really, he just, he's given it his all. I mean, he's up against the greats, so you can't blame him. Um, we had one of my formative crushes, uh, Leah Thompson. I'm assuming that this was like a cameo because she was doing, I guess, Caroline in the City or something. That's the only guess I had because um, still, I just, I mean, yeah, wow, I don't know, Leah man. Thompson, I love you. It's, Leah Thompson, now, come on the show. The last cameo you're going to mention here, JP, I'm, I'm Googling something, so you keep going. But no, I no, wanna... there's, there's another one that may have, no, I a know. lot of people may have missed this. No, I think there's three big cameos. There's 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 actually four. There's actually okay. four. We did got the baby dad. did the baby grow up to be someone big? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess all babies grow up to be someone big, but the women on the bus, the brunette is an actress named Catherine Bell, who was the female lead oh, of okay. the show Jag, ah. which many of our grandparents loved. Um <laughs> and it was, then it was finally, funny just to to go to Leah Thompson. It was funny for she walks on screen and the the way in which they introduce her and the 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 brevity of her scene. I was at I was like that can't be Leah Tom- Leah Thompson. <laughs> Leah, Th- I was like that can't be Leah Thompson. And I was like oh my oh my god it is. Yeah. But she she has like three lines and then she's gone and I'm like that seemed like a way bigger deal for for as a get than they treated it. Right. And, and my mind was blown by that. She's Whoa. just horny and then she leaves and like, that's it. That's her entire, that's the entire thing. <laughs> that was the character now, description. Yeah. I think the most cryptic of the cameos in this episode though, has to be Giovanni Ribisi playing a stranger, just a weirdo. Um, who later, yes. who later is, is, is revealed to be Phoebe's brother. And, so, and he, he gets her pregnant. <laughs> JP, what I want to say about, about this. was foreshadowing. So, JP, what I want to say about this is that I don't know if this is a cameo, okay? Because I'm looking at his IMDb right now, and we're in what, 96? Uh, this episode is 95. 95? Okay, so like up until like 96, 97, he's just like a working actor on television shows like NYPD Blue, Walker, Texas Ranger... Um, so he's, he's, he's not a cameo. He is just an actor with a line. My theory about this is that they liked him so much in the tiny part that he did. Cause he's hilarious that they're like, we got to bring this guy back and give him a bigger part. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's theory. like the, the Matthew McConaughey situation where I think he yeah. had like <laughs> one line in days of confused. And then everyone was like, this guy has to be in every scene though. Yeah. <laughs> where he yes. was just like a local actor that they hired for, for the day. And then everyone loved him so much. They just wrote him into the movie. I think it's the same thing with Ice Cube and Anaconda too, is that his part was really small originally and they decided to make him like the hero of the movie. I I love that theory. I love that intensely. Um, I was was really excited when he came on and I thought, I I even was like, oh, oh, it's Phoebe's brother. I didn't realize he's introduced this early, but no, I guess he's not playing Phoebe's brother. Anyway, it, it, it was just like, I couldn't. I couldn't stop. I was so excited about all these so, celebrities. He's up. so out of breath when he's asking. For the <laughs> so he was fun. really good. He was really good. Um, this is also the debut of Smelly Cat. This is our first ever Smelly Cat. This is huge. Um, iconic, iconic song. Um, so, so yeah. So let's Nate. Let's get into it. Um, first and foremost, there are three storylines. Which one? Which one was your favorite? Uh, the baby on the bus is funny. It's funny. It's not scary or like <laughs> like a terrifying situation that I have to imagine now, but it's funny. Um, Mo- ben doesn't like Monica. We know that. That's how that I, starts. I, I had that same experience with my niece. It was oh, like that's that's terrible. And, she, I mean, she, and I'm now I'm one of her favorite people on earth. But like when she Good. was a, a newborn, oh my I'm glad gosh. she came every around. time I held her. I had a similar um, reaction to you. I used to cry around you all the time. <laughs> um, Adel, I have. To, have you ever borrowed a friend's baby for any purpose, not only for trying to pick up uh, women? Normal question. Absolutely not. <laughs> but would this, you? this this was this was one of those things where I'm like, I feel I, 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 it was an enjoyable episode, but I'm also like. What is the sitcom logic here? Like forgetting a baby on a bus. Like it, I feel like there's such 
from what I remember, this show had really solid writing. Obviously, the actors are it's one of the best cast shows of all time. Sure. But I, I don't feel I, it feels a little lazy to lean on something this wild, this wacky. The bus would stop. Yeah, where I'm like, I don't know if we need this wacky of a premise. And then there's also like, the, to to me, where where it crossed the line was when they go to the city, whatever department, and there's like the two babies. Then they're like, which one is which? Let's grab one and hope it's right. <laughs> like to me, that's that. What they did was unforgivable. Like sure. truly unforgivable. They could have brought the wrong baby home. They were gonna flip. Yeah, <laughs> like up until that point, when they when they like made that decision, up until that point, I was like, you know what? Like it's all good. It'll be fine. This is wacky, but it's fine. The minute they were just like, let's flip for a baby and bring it back, and let's cross our fingers that it cries at Monica. I was like, truly despicable friendship, <laughs> uh, like unfucking forgivable move. Like I like. I was I was with Ross at the end where I'm like be, like curb stomp them beat yeah, them to right. a pulp unforgive <laughs> they are they're no longer welcome around your baby like tr- truly unnecessary for season two like that's a little early to jump you know not jump the shark but just just such a wacky premise I yeah. I, I, I had the same reaction especially at that point where they're flipping a coin they're flipping a coin to determine which baby they're going to take home. It was, you got to call Ross at that point. It's just it's, not, it's so monstrous. It was just, this is not the way human beings act. Yeah. In, um, in, in comparison, it, it makes Seinfeld, it's, it makes Seinfeld seem so subtle where it's like, sure. they have episodes where like, they can't find their car or like, we need, we need to sit down at the table at this restaurant. Like that. It makes Seinfeld seem incredibly grounded. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's, that's which, is no easy, which is no easy task. Which is no easy task. Point of view before. <laughs> You're right. It's it's unconscious. So so yeah. So the boys lose lose baby Ben on the bus. He gets taken to again the logic of just like how they think that that that, that government services work. Like they're not going to put a baby at, at at the Department of Human Services. It's just it's an absurd absurd premise. Uh, and they stamp and Chandler, they stamp his butt when they bring him there. They stamp his. I butt did like I did like that they had they had the uh, the the. the emblazoned uh, uh, Department of Human Services diaper on, on Ben at the end. That's, uh, I don't know that that's how that really goes. Um, Joey and Chandler were by far the worst friends of the episode. I think they're yeah. both canceled. I think that the storyline is absurd and funny, um, but yeah, no. not We haven't not canceled good, Joey for a while, JP. Joey actually has been on a run of not getting canceled. He's been yeah. doing better. He hasn't been misogynistic as much, but um, I hate to no. say I'm not a, I don't claim to be a doctor. I would say that five out of the six friends are sociopaths. Um, uh, to me, Monica is the only sane person, even though she has her own anxieties and flaws. Uh, the other, the other five are absolute sociopaths. Um, there is, you want to tell them or should I JP? <laughs> Nate has a running theory that Phoebe is a sociopath. So Phoebe is you, the most sociopath. Oh, I think they all are, except for Monica. I agree. I agree. Monica is the only like level-headed to some degree. She, again, she has her own quirks, but I feel like deep down, she's she's uh, one of us. And that's um, what I always say. I I really appreciate her attention to detail. Yeah, yeah, which is how I would describe it. But I feel like there is there uh, viewing it through the lens of 2021. There is some like weird gay panic with like uh, with uh, Chandler and um, Joey. Yep. And I, and I understand like at the time that was like, I, I mean, I guess it, it is like a time capsule and reflection of society at the time. Sure. But it, it is just kind of weird through all the growth we've done as a society. It is weird to look back and just be like, this is there's they're they're like sweating bullets to not appear gay and then later they do. And like, that's the big joke. Like, it's yeah, just, it's just fascinating. We've so, had a lot of that. In yeah, these first we, two as, seasons, as we've been yeah. doing this, um, there in ways that we wouldn't even have noticed. Like, I mean, I was 15 when this came out. Like, I, I would have found this to be the height of humor. I would have been like, "That's really funny," and oh, it's subversive. They're pretending to be gay in order to get what they want, uh, even though they hate it. And but yeah, it, it, it's it, it's it's a they keep going back to this well. Um, and and there have been some problematic. There have been more problematic uh, things as well, but. Um, not not a good look. Not a good look from 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 the the current age. To it, it, gay panic is exactly what it is. I mean, they did, and and played in such a vaudevillian, like really exaggerated faces and 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 yeah. and, and, and gestures way. And I, I remember there. Um, I don't. Again, I I haven't watched it since college, which is a long time ago. But I remember Chandler's dad is, I believe, trans. Yep. So I remember yes. there being like, like Kathleen so- Turner. 
Yeah, I remember there being some cool, I, I think maybe groundbreaking, that might have been like the first trans character on like a huge network TV show. Yeah, and they give but her I'm, a big storyline that has yeah. like real emotions and like going to Chandler's yeah, yeah. wedding and everything. It's, it's but I remember. I remember some groundbreaking stuff like that and I was like, oh yeah. And then watching this episode, I was like, oh, but they mm. also like, it's right. just, it's such a weird line they walk. Yeah. Well, it, it, and, and, and one of the things, and Nate, Nate likes to point, I, it very astutely has pointed out friends was one of the first shows to openly discuss people using condoms. Mm-hmm. Um, the show it's, it's hard because you, you don't get to look at it in a vacuum. You don't get to look at it from 1995. You have to look at it from right now. you, the show was so groundbreaking. The show was so influential and it, it has shaped sitcoms to come. I, I think the one I'm realizing as we're talking about how garbage all these people are is we wouldn't have It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia if it wasn't for <laughs> Seinfeld and Friends where, no, these people are terrible. That's, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's a great show. Yeah, yeah. Um, JP, like, you know what I think my favorite storyline actually is? Ross, Ross having an allergic reaction is funny. Okay. Not only was David Schwimmer adorable, but it made Ross adorable. Ross, His who, tongue swells up. He's, Ross, is, he just does things, and it's like, this guy, why did we think he was the hero? Um, but this was like, no, 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 this, he was so cute. And yeah. he, David Schwimmer played it really well. He had consistency in, in the, 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 the speech impediment. There was a there was a moment towards the end after he gets his shot and everything's okay, and him and Monica are like recounting their childhood uh, foibles. Where, or him and Monica, like, kind of, n- not in, like, a weird way, but they kind of hold hands for a little bit, and they're, like, yeah. discussing. And I'm, like, this is such a sweet moment. And, like, I was, like, this is genuinely touching and, like, really sincere and cool. Um, I To me, the funny, the, the moment I laughed maybe the hardest that I was, like, I think this is actually legit funny, was when his tongue starts to, well, one, his tongue starts to swell. And he, Ross says, like, don't forget this, don't forget that, and then a third thing. And Joey goes, Joey says yes to the first two. And then the third, he clearly doesn't understand. And he goes, uh, yeah. And then Ross says several more things that are, that are incoherent. And Joey does understand them. And I'm like, there's a, there's a 10 second window where he doesn't understand Ross. And then he does. (laughs) But then to me, the funniest joke is like Chandler's like, how did you understand him? And he goes, I have an uncle with a huge tongue. And then it's like, there's like a three second beat. And then Chandler goes, is that the uncle with the beautiful wife? And yes. I was like, that's a funny joke. That's a great uh, joke. That, yeah, I, I missed it. Cause I was laughing at the, I have an uncle with the, with a gigantic tongue. <laughs> that in and of itself was absurd. I think what was happening though, I, I, I and, and it didn't land well, but I think um, the one that Joey pretended not to understand was about the diapers. Um, oh yeah. Uh, right. not because he doesn't want to have to change diapers, but right. Yeah. It, <laughs> such a weird storyline. I also like the, they really stretched with the, and I thought it was a good joke. The it, it, Ross is saying, you told me this was key lime pie. And she said, no, I told you it was kiwi lime pie. That's what makes it special. <laughs> That's what's going to kill Pretty me. Pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, um, I, I think there's also, there's also a great like laugh out loud joke for me, which was the duck. There's like one baby with ducks on his outfit, one baby with clowns on his outfit. And he goes, let's, let's flip for, let's flip a coin. And we'll say that, uh, heads is for ducks cause ducks have heads. And then Chandler's, you know, again, beat, beat kind of scary ass clowns came to your birthday. <laughs> and both that one and the tongue joke are ones where the audience fills in the gap. And I sure. think that's mm-hmm. so to me, I appreciate that so much where they're like versus some other broader sitcoms, not that friends isn't broad at times, but versus some other sitcoms where they're like, you know, I shit my pants and I hate <laughs> yeah. my wife, but I'm, I'm a three and she's a 10. You know, I, I love when a show is like the audience is smart. Let's give them the setup and the punchline and they'll figure, or let's give them the setup and the payoff, but the payoff isn't necessarily clear unless you connect the dots. Sure. I love that. And it's so, it's not that nobody's, it's, I don't feel clever because I get it, but it just feels like rewarding. It feels like a better joke because I solved it or cracked it. Right. Because it's, it's an earned joke. Yeah. It's an earned laugh. Yeah. I, 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 that's very astute. I didn't think about that because that's It assumes a level of, of intelligence from the audience too. Right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Part of, problem, part of the problem with sitcoms in general for, for me is that everything is spoon fed. Like, sure. They go one beat too many, and then it's just like, okay, now you're insulting me. I already got the joke. Lowest um, common denominator stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, on the coin flip, though, the other thing that was really funny on that one was 
Uh, they, they just decide to flip a coin. And Chandler's <laughs> like, okay, call it. And Joey's like, heads. Okay, it's heads. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 we need to establish what heads means was really good. Classic I feel like Joey if, if, and there was, if Joey Tribbiani was an actual human who lived in New York City, he would have died at like 12. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> you can't tell me someone that dumb survived survived life like you that guy <laughs> yeah unbelievably dumb like there's never been a character in in pop culture and literature that has ever been that dumb i yeah. I, I would say the only the only thing to, to to as a counterpoint would be maybe he's the john ham character from 30 rock <laughs> okay where he's so handsome that they let him be a surgeon he's in his own bubble but i feel i feel like <laughs> joe gerbiani is the kind of guy where like Homer Simpson sees him and he's like, this guy fucking is dumb as fuck. Like, <laughs> he sucks. Uh, let's talk um, about Phoebe's storyline, JP, because I, I think so, we got like 15 minutes here. Yeah, I, I think I think the Phoebe storyline was in a lot of ways my favorite storyline. Um, one, because of Alf Dad, I want him in everything. <laughs> I, I will never learn his name, his character name or his real life name. He is Alf Dad. He was kind um, of funny too. I, I thought it was funny when he was when he was talking about sticking his finger into his brain because he hated Phoebe's music so much. I, he just kept touching his face where I was like, "You." Yeah. It's it seemed like he was like during the scene, the actor was getting pink eye. Like it was right. so. I want to say his name on Alf was Doctor Melmac. I, that that sounds right to me. Sure, JP, you got to learn his name if you're going to keep calling him Alf Dad. You got to learn. I the learned Alf his name. name. It's Alf Dad. We're going to get that on a shirt, Nate. Oh, I, I had um, a I had a quick question, and sure. maybe to know and maybe don't. But is this because I saw in the background I I saw uh, what's his name Gun- Gunter or Gunther Gunther Gunther, but he didn't have any lines. Is this pre him being a talking character? I think we, we've we had have one, seen him right? since season one, and yeah. I, I think maybe he had one like one word response. He's been in a bunch of episodes. He's and in the background a lot. Thing yet. Gotcha. But recently he, he we had his first line. Gotcha. Because he eventually yeah. becomes a fairly big part. Yeah, he's yep. he's like Ish. an inside yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, now it, this this episode, and it's funny because it's well established that Phoebe's not a good musician, although she she plays with her heart. Um, except that as we've been watching the show up until this point, this is the first time that they have acknowledged that she's not a good musician. Um, and they is really it also like, the first time we're actually hearing her songs? I, I, Maybe she we've has heard some one before. Ones before yeah. But like they're setting it up like she's she's here and getting paid to play music at, at the coffee shop. And this is the first time it, it's really actually played out. Susu um, Suicide sounds like it slaps. <laughs> That's a great I, name <laughs> for a song. I think I would agree. I, I agree um, with JP. This this is my favorite storyline. And I will also say personally I feel like we, we are with these two characters. We are seeing the bookends of of um, friends characters in terms of. I feel like Phoebe is like Lisa Kudrow does the most with her character. Like Lisa Kudrow, like made that character work so well, and it is is written so well for her. And it's just like she she took so so much ownership, and that character more than any of the other five pops so much. And then I feel like Jennifer Aniston is on the opposite bookend where I feel like she was not, I feel like Rachel is the worst written or most underwritten sure. character. And yet Jennifer Aniston is like maybe the best actress or, or I'm sorry, actor total uh, best actor of the six and, and makes that work. So I feel like you're working with the working with those two is, uh, or seeing those two in a situation is just a delight. And, and it's something that we haven't seen maybe at all in the run of the show so far. And, 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 it, you know, we, we have talked frequently. We always pick our best friend of the episode. We'll be asking you later, but um, um, it, it, it's almost it, it has been Phoebe so many times. It's been Lisa Kudrow so many times because she's given so little and she milks everything out of it. She had this character. It, it, it seems like she had this character in mind from the beginning, and she just at some point they start writing the character the way she's been playing it, and it just oh, yeah. becomes wonderful. And we've been talking, JP, about how, like, Rachel's really been coming into her own. Like, they give her so much more to do. She's doing yep. great at it. She's, like, really, like, busting her chops, acting and yeah. everything. It's yeah. great. But they, Jennifer yeah. Aniston has stepped up in season two so much, and, they, and they, they're giving her a lot of room to flex. And it's, it's yeah. they, they recognized it. And she's, she's not just a pretty face at all. She's but a really talented actor. She, by far, I think, had the 
that's like the the hardest character to play where it's mm-hmm. like you're a spoiled daddy's girl who you know gets everything she wants and has to whatever but i feel like she i feel like, again so much respect to jennifer aniston yeah and, and again i think lucy kudrow I, I think she won several emmys for this i think she I wouldn't she, be surprised out of everyone i think she deserved uh the most emmys we have to look I, that I, up jp i think i want to say joey has the least emmys for friends i believe that I, 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 I don't I think, think that's fair, but I think that's the way it is. Too handsome I, to I, deserve an Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, it's like I, how I, Ryan Gosling will never get an Oscar. Too handsome. <laughs> he doesn't need it. He's already handsome. He doesn't need that Oscar to show off to get to, to, to get to get laid. Um, I was going to say I, I I always feel like, and it's not fair, and they're all obviously very talented, but I feel like the 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 Ross and uh, Rachel and Chandler and Phoebe really outclass Joey and Monica. Like, like it just in terms of the acting, at least as far as we're in, I, they're, they're just like, they're in a different category. We've talked about this, JP. I think they're all equal comedians. I think yeah. there's different levels of acting. I think Jennifer Aniston, Lisa Kudrow and David Schwimmer do the best job. I think, um, uh, what's his real name? Matt or, uh, Matt, uh, Matt, Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry has the easiest job. Sure. Where he, he is written the jokes he is given in this show are such juicy. He gets the the fucking cherry on top every time. Like yeah, that 100%. he had the easiest job where he he every, everyone wants to write for him on the show clearly. Mm-hmm. So he he's like coasting and he's just paying off every joke. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the three I mentioned are like legit making the most out of every line. I absolutely. And and it's funny, I hadn't thought about the perspective because Matthew Perry does nail it, but also he Gets the same delivery like every single time. It's the same sarcastic yeah, delivery. Yeah. So like that's that's yeah. There's no emotional depth. He gets to pay off everything. Like the, what a, what a dream coasting job. And you know what? Thinking about it now, when they do give him emotional depth in the later seasons, mm, I don't know if he can cut it. He does a fine job, but I don't know if he's as good as the others. Well, yeah, he's agreed. not the reason that Later. Studio 60 failed, okay? <laughs> yeah. I, was still really the I loved that show. Nobody You're else still did. still really broken <laughs> up about it. that, huh, JP? I am. I hope it comes back. Uh, my mother-in-law apparently loved it, too. Um, all right. So so, I, so this storyline, though, I, the reason this one really, I like it so much is uh, it, it's, it's Rachel acting in ways we haven't seen her act before, which is sure. to say being compassionate and, and really really caring about her friend. And we also saw Phoebe acting in a way we've never seen before, which was being petty and vindictive, which was also awesome. I was going to say um, this is the first time for that, where like she's she's not in control of the situation and she's like yeah. really hurt about it. Yeah. Yeah, this this carved out like cool moments for both, both characters where it's like in the other uh, subplots, it's like, Joey and Chandler lose a baby on the bus, which again is the most outlandish thing ever. <laughs> and the other subplot, uh, Ross is like a big paleontologist man, but he's a baby when it comes to needles. <laughs> and, That's what Claire said. Claire said that she's like, he's got a pH fucking D. What yeah. is we, what? It's a needle. Yeah. Stop it. But he's clearly, it's like they clearly were like, well, for this episode, we need something for him to do. So he's scared of needles. Like it's just such, it seems so forced where it's like, I hate Kiwi. My sister doesn't know what I'm allergic to. (laughs) Both those subplots ring so false. And then this one was like, Oh crap. I have to tell my friend that she's not talented. How do I handle that? How do I resolve that? How do I, you know, be, uh, make amends and kind of help her get uh, her foot back in the door. Like that to me was like interesting and well done. Sure. It was. Now, was that musician someone that we Chrissy Hines. Chrissy Hines, the lead singer of the oh, Pretenders. Oh that's God, was, that's yeah. who it was. I was they like, I didn't know Stephanie they... Schiffer. Yeah. I, I was like, I don't that Stephanie Schiffer doesn't oh my god. I know we have an our idiot. We have our first and last musical guest on Friends, JP. They never do this again. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I hope they don't. I thought it was no, fine. I do, I, I do remember I do remember they get someone who does just an absolutely like like just, just, just the most amazing version of Smelly Cat, um, which is really great. Phoebe, I also remember Phoebe they bring up. That. Oh, no, that's no, no, right. No, they did. They have <laughs> yeah. Phoebe. Uh, Phoebe's version is 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 the original. It's good. I remember they also at some point bring in Sean Penn, where it's like when I think comedy, I think Sean Penn. Oh God, he's very oh. strange on the show for sure, and he has a very strange storyline where Phoebe's twin sister tricks him into sleeping with her or something. It's very strange. Yikes. 
you know, it, talking about weird cameos or weird characters on the show, when Michael Rappaport plays Phoebe's boyfriend, who's a cop, and he shoots a bird, uh, he shoots at a bird out the window. We're watching Atypical, where he's he's the father of the family on the show. And at, at one point, it was just like, I, he's so nice in this. I don't get it. Why isn't he shooting at birds? Like, he's just yeah. this iconic character that he played. They get these, yeah, they, it, the show does a great job of getting... I mean, this this episode is a great example of just like getting real everybody wanted to be or, on or friends. fresh faces. And yeah. even if they're only on for one line, it just like it felt like an event. It, it did it at the time. It felt like you don't know how good or what surprises are going to be in the episode. When when uh, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt were dating and Brad Pitt yeah. came on, I remember in college or maybe great. I can't remember when it came out, but I remember being like. Oh my God! Like, what is happening? Huge Brad, Brad Pitt's going to be on TV. I mean, obviously, at some point there was a shift, maybe after Sopranos, where it's like TV became like prestige to right. TV, and it was very common to see the biggest names in Hollywood in TV shows. But back then, it was like Brad Pitt is stooping to a sitcom. Like, this isn't. I have to watch this. I remember that feeling entirely, and like they, and him, and Bruce Willis, and it's just like because because TV was where. I mean, it's obviously not true anymore, but it always felt like at the time TV was where you went when you were put out to pasture. Like you're not, you're not, you're, you're no longer viable. That's why Tom Selleck was able to get on to, to be recurring character on the show because Magnum PI money had run out. Um, The best pit about the best bit about the Brad Pitt being on friends thing is that his character absolutely hates Rachel. Oh and that's, yeah. That makes the episode (laughs) so much And as the audience, you're like, Oh, but we know the truth. They're sleeping together. (laughs) I didn't know that. I I don't remember his character on the show, but I'm another that later. another episode that is on the best of Friends DVD, the Brad Pitt Thanksgiving episode for sure. JP, who's your best friend of the episode? Well, I gotta say, and I don't think I've ever said these words. My best friend of the episode was Rachel. She did so many good things. She really reached out, and she just. But she had to disappoint her friend, but she did it in a way that her friend knew that she was loved. And I just, it, it, the emotional hook is always going to get me on this show. It's so saccharine. It's so obvious, but it still feels good. And so I just thought Rachel was great in this episode. That's a good I'd agree too. with you 100%. I do think later in the series, if I remember right, Rachel becomes a sociopath, where, again, I think Monica's the only grounding energy. But in this episode, Rachel does the emotion, is doing all the emotional lifting and is is the only true friend in this in this episode. Hard now, hard agree. Now, so but Adel, who was your best friend in the episode? And I should say it doesn't have to be one of the six friends. It it, it could be a concept. Oh, um, I th- my best friend of the episode, I think, would have to be Uncle. What's his name? <laughs> Uncle Sal. Uncle, Uncle Sal. Sal with the huge tongue. The concept of Uncle Sal is the best. <laughs> I, I so that's my best friend, and then I I would also say honorable mention. I think Giovanni Rubisi has the best line delivery, where he finds the condom and goes like, "Hey, I found it!" While he's running away, <laughs> where I'm like, the timing of that was so well done. That's probably what got him another shot at the show. And yeah, Giovanni Rubisi and Giovanni Rubisi is credited as condom boy. Hmm. So, so is is it Phoebe's brother? Who can say? That is a different character from Phoebe's brother. Who knows? Who knows? Um. Anyway, JP, do you have a question for me? Yeah, my best friend of the episode is Horny Leah Thompson. What? <laughs> um, I just heard my ovaries skip a beat. Is her that ovaries right? skipped a beat? She needs to go see a doctor. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> Your ovaries shouldn't be beating, my lady. No, no, no. Um. Yeah, that's my. She she did a good job with you know the the three seconds they gave her to be on screen. And I, uh, I, yeah, I think Horny Leah Thompson is my best friend of the week, JP. It's a great pick. It's a great pick. I, my honorable mention goes to the bus. I was, mm-hmm. I have written mm-hmm. down in my notes, Uncle Sal, and I'm, I'm furious that I didn't get to say <laughs> Uncle Sal. Adult, this has been an absolute delight. I, we love Same here. You. Thank it you for just, coming it's on. It's so fun that you were Thanks so, for having me. so into the show, clearly loved it. Um, is there anything that you would maybe want to plug? Is there anything you do when you're not recording this podcast with us? Um, I think you mentioned it, but yeah, check out, I have other podcasts called, uh, Hello, uh, Hello from the magic tavern and Hey riddle riddle. You can check out those two. And then also just came out yesterday, two days ago, 
we have a, it's kind of a collaboration between Hey Riddle Riddle and Hello from the Magic Tavern. It's called Hey Tavern Tavern. It's on Stitcher Premium, and it's myself and the other two co-hosts of Hey Riddle Riddle playing our characters uh, in the Hello from the Magic Tavern world. So it's oh, kind interesting. Of a, it's kind of a mashup. So, so we did a seven-episode run of that. It releases every Thursday for the next six weeks, so, so check that out. Oh, oh and my it, God. It, it, and I would say if you if you have Stitcher Premium, you also need to listen to the offices and bosses. Oh episodes. yeah, um, such a such a weird treat. And uh, anyway, it, sorry, I, it, I'm 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 oh, picking up my so phone much. so I can you're being a too. you're being a fan man fan um, man. Yeah, and I would say, I would say uh, to help you out if you do want to check out those those episodes, you can use the code Magic. Um, when you sign up for Stitcher Premium, and you'll get a free month, and then you can cancel or whatever you want to do there. So, so Magic gets you a free month if you want to listen to it all. This is our first promo code, JP. That's huge. That is huge. Adel, I thank you so much, and um, thank you both of you. I'm looking forward. I'm really excited to, for this to come out, but I'm uh, looking forward to now going to listen to even more of you. Um, <laughs> oh no, I'm so treat. sorry, <laughs> Nate. You're my best friend and I love you. Thank you for doing the show with me. And uh, thanks for letting me have my nerd guest on. I love you, JP. Don't call our guest a nerd. He's a cool guy. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. like him. <laughs> nerdy thanks, guest, nerdy <laughs> guest. Why are they having you? <laughs> <laughs> Susu Suicide sounds like it slaps.